Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon, and we are here today with the Darius Chisholm. And I am so excited to have her here with us. Darius, if you do not know who she is, and we talk about a powerhouse woman, this woman is a powerhouse woman. Darius is a TV host, author, speaker, visibility coach, and filmmaker. She is the owner of Jump Fly Media incorporated daria thank you so much for joining us today dr sharita i am so excited about being here thanks for having me yes we're excited too and um just excited to hear what you're going to share with us today um all of our guests have just been phenomenal and i know that this interview will not be any different uh from the other ones i know that you know with the experience that you have um, the impact that you've been making um, in different areas across the world, that you're going to drop some very valuable gems for our listeners today. So I'm looking forward to that. So I always start off with asking you to share with our listeners who you are, what you do, and how you are impacting the world. Uh, well, what I am is a very multi-passionate and talented a woman who is just out here being of service to the world. And, you know, my background is very varied. I've spent 30 years in television and in media. And I quit my uh, very high paying TV news job about seven years ago to jump headfirst into coaching and primarily coaching women who want to develop their voice and their story and find ways to be more visible. Uh, that uh, really afforded me the opportunity to spread my wings, not only as a coach and as an international speaker, but I published a book and a very popular video podcast show. And so, you know, life was just humming right along <laughs> as I, you know, worked with clients worldwide. And uh, unfortunately, about three years ago, found myself the, the victim of a, a growing crime, which is called revenge porn. Uh, it's a form of cyber harassment. And um, unfortunately, while that left me flat on my back for many years, it really provided me the opportunity to create a social justice project called Fifty Shades of Silence and film an award-winning documentary. Mm, wow, wow. So I want to sit there just a little bit um, because I know that you know, we, women in general, we, we face a lot of different challenges and issues and um, often find ourselves in positions um, where people are trying to exert their power <laughs> over us and influence us in very negative ways. But of course, with you being who you are and the work that you've done and the visibility that you already had because of your career, um, it you know, the... 
the potential that this particular challenge had to damage you and your reputation and your work was um, was just it was so great. Um, what I what I would like for you to share with our listeners is how you you know approached that situation so that you came out on the other end of that not only victorious in terms of a legal battle but being able to then turn that situation into something that allowed you to help other women yeah and and for your listeners just to give them the backstory so they're aware of what it is that we're talking about and even what the term revenge porn means you know, for me, this occurred at a time, as you point out, uh, where my career and, and everything that I'd worked to build was certainly solidly in place, the celebrity and the career that I put into place. And I'd recently gone through a divorce and uh, reunited with a former ex-boyfriend and literally packed my bags and ran away to a place called Runaway Bay, Jamaica and began a relationship uh, with a former ex-boyfriend. And during my time there on the island, what I wasn't aware of was that he was secretly filming me, taking videos and photos of me naked while I was asleep or getting out of the shower at various different times where um, you know, I wasn't aware of it. And he had held all of that information. And then shortly after beginning the relationship, I realized, well, this isn't working. And not because of that, because I was unaware of it, but because he had become very controlling and obsessive. And when I would leave the island, he would just blow up into these uh, rages. So I, I quickly ended the relationship and literally thought it was over. And, uh, you know, on uh, January 1st, 2017, I got a phone call from him telling me that if I didn't return to the relationship, that he would shoot me in my head and stab me in my heart. And while for most women, you may have never gotten a death threat, to just hear that alone was mm -hmm. extremely frightening. And you know, from that though, that was literally just the beginning because two weeks later I picked up my phone and I got a WhatsApp message with a video of me naked and with the threat saying, this is going out on the internet and I will silence and destroy you. I will strip away all that you've ever built if you don't return to this relationship. And you know that level of th threat and with the potential of that going out, and, and forget that you know I had a 30 year television news career at mm -hmm. stake, anyone would feel extremely embarrassed by having their naked body out on the internet. Right. And the bottom line is I couldn't get him to stop. This went on for several months. And then eventually he put up a website and you could Google my name and find all of these photos and videos and our text messages and just a lot of alarming lies and details. And, you know, my name gets Googled. So the thought that people were seeing me this way was extremely embarrassing. And it really sent me into a place of spiraling depression and silence because I couldn't get him to stop. And worse, I couldn't get it off the internet. And GoDaddy and Google were saying, hey, he took the photos, he owns them. There's nothing we can do about it. And the Jamaican government was saying, hey, if you don't send us your laptop and website, or your laptop and cell phone, you know, we, we can't help you. And of course, I was not prepared to send that because I work with my laptop and cell phone. And so, you know, I launched this, this year-long um, court battle here in the United States with the intent for the judge to just give me two things, language to get GoDaddy and 
Google to shut it down and, and a solid protection from cyber abuse from him. Mm-hmm. It took her a year, took her a year, 12 months going back and forth to court just to get that. And wow. you know what I discovered along the way was that if I was going through this and if I couldn't get this figured out, what would other women be going through? And it literally launched me into this space of wanting to advocate for victims and find a way to bring a level of justice to a crime that had no, that literally to this day still people can do with no, with no, um, with no punishment. Mm. So that's where 50 Shades of Silence was born. It of course is now a website with resources and tools about ways to get content removed, the ways to get the support that you need to get through it. And I did the one thing that I knew to do and that was to use my voice in a way that that felt very natural to me and that was to go out and interview other women and children who had been victimized this way and Lo and behold, some three years later, a documentary is complete and being screened in film festivals worldwide. And I never anticipated that it would win awards, but it has. And that feels really good because that is a way to advocate as well as bring awareness. But on the legal front, as you mentioned, I was able to win the first international case uh, of its kind in Jamaica and set a precedent, particularly for victims in that country mm-hmm. to now stand on their Malicious Communications Act, having successfully won the case against him. Wow. Uh, that story is, it's absolutely amazing. Um, I learned some more details about it, you know, that I had not known previously. Um, and I think it's so powerful that you decided to fight back. Um, and there, there are a couple of lessons that I pulled out of you sharing um, sharing your story. The first is that, you know, when something isn't good for you and it doesn't feel good to you is to leave that situation. Mm-hmm. And obviously that wasn't necessarily a business lesson. It's a life lesson, but I think it's one that we can also apply, you know, to business as well. But I, I think it's a sound reminder for all women, if it doesn't feel good to you, if it's not good to you to leave that situation. And then another lesson about, you know, how to turn um, something that was meant to victimize you into victory by standing on the verity in that situation or the truth in that situation. And you know, being able to help others with that. Um, you know, I think, you know, you probably share this with your clients about, you know, pulling from your own experiences um, and using that to stand on a platform to help others, which is all about using your story. So um, absolutely wonderful and powerful lessons just from, from that alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you for that. And, and I do agree with you. I mean, in, in many instances, this mess could have continued to destroy me. And, and what I chose to do was to turn it into my message. And ironically, you know, I've spent, I've spent years helping women do that, helping women develop their story, helping women not only write it and get it published, but find ways to have it presented in the media, as well as in, uh, in various publications so that they can create the level of visibility and exposure uh, in the world that they, they, they desire um, to showcase their work. Never would I have known that I would have even developed the level of strength and courage that it would take to take something so personal and document it this way. 
But I say that to say that it literally changed the scope of the work that I now do with my clients, both in the depth of coaching that I can get to with helping someone to truly change their mess into their message or their pain into their power, but also to help women use it as a catalyst for growth and development. The other piece to me that, that I honestly did not even recognize until most recently is when I was going through this and I was questioning, how do I get the documentary done? Because you know that as much as I've spent 30 years in TV, TV is not documentary work. Reporting on the news is not filming a documentary and getting right. it uh, produced. And for so long, I sat in the question about how do I get it done and where's the money going to come from and, and you know, are people actually going to watch it? Is it going to, to, to live and breathe as the dream that I wanted? And, and I will never forget when I was in prayer and really had to think about this and that, you know, I saw this as a divine assignment. And, in, and, and a, a divine assignment that only I could use my voice and my story and my platform for. And with that, I needed to trust that the divine provisions would be made as well. And while I didn't necessarily connect that the divine provisions, because in my mind, I was thinking like, well, where are the donations and where's the money going to come from? And, and yet what happened in that time was as I continue to remain to be in service around the overall mission and to just trust that it would work, it did. And the provisions just, it literally, the right people were showing up, the right opportunities were showing up. Like it was just amazing that every time I'd get to what I thought would be the end, yet another door would open. And that is what really trusting this belief around divine provision. Besides that, my business grew. Like literally this, the, the, the business that I'd already started, it, it opened the floodgates for me to be in service for other women who also wanted to develop their voice and their story and their platforms. And here was that provision being made so that I can be in service to those women as much as I could be in service to my project. So I say that just to encourage your listeners and to, to anyone who's listening that when we are in this space of just trusting that whatever has been assigned to us, that there are provisions available as long as we remain faithful and focused and servant, um, hell bent on servant leadership, in my opinion, is where the provisions begin to fall into place. That, that literal explosion of what the universe and God and the divine or whatever you call it, um, will continue to lay the pieces ahead of you as long as you remain focused and steadfast in the direction of your dreams. Yes. Yes. That is so good. <laughs> so good. So, um, when you're called to something, you know that the answer it <laughs> yes answer the call and it can it'll keep calling <laughs> so just yes respond to the call trust um that what you need will be in place for you when you need it um i think so much so often we you know we want everything to be there and we won't move unless we see how things are going to happen for us but when it comes down to purpose and something that only you are really designed and capable of doing because of your own personal experience you have to trust the that the the person or the persona that gave you the purpose in the first place is going to 
make provision. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And we get it that it's not always hard to move through life <laughs> that way. <laughs> so um, we, we know easy that, for that matter. <laughs> right, right. Yes, yeah. So, you know, we, we get the wanting to, you know, step back, step away, wait, you know, hesitate until we see. But at some point, you just, you've got to trust. You've got to trust. And what, what your purpose to do, you can't fail at. It doesn't mean it won't be challenging, you know, but what creator, you know, doesn't put in what's necessary for the creation to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, just that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So just so awesome. Um, and as I said to those of you who are listening, that this conversation would be a powerful conversation and you would get a lot of value from it. So I just thank you for being um, so open and sharing um, as you've been sharing with our listeners. Um, now you did mention how, you know, going through this experience, um, you know, caused some emotional, you know, distress and pain and was very easy for you to have fallen into a, a depression and remain there and not, you know, fought back, um, at all. Not, not to mention at the level that you did, but just to fight back at all. So how did you actually take care of yourself emotionally during that time? Yeah, it was really tough. I, I will say that there was probably about three months where I literally pulled the the covers over my head. I, I couldn't, you know, I had multiple speaking gigs that I, I, I went to, uh, but that I was just a shell of a woman there on stage. And you know, I, I tried to take as much stuff off of my plate as possible so that I, I didn't have to show up because I felt like an emotional wreck. Um, you know, I was also in a place where I was fearful for my life because of the ongoing threat. So I had that. And, you know, with my extensive travel schedule, it, 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 I was afraid. I, for the first time in my life, I literally felt afraid. And, you know, now I understand what that means for people when they're in that space. But I also knew that I could not remain there. And there was no, there was, I had to make a decision to move. And and ironically, that decision came after I, I had a conversation with my son, who, who up until the point that I decided to end my silence, uh, I had not told anyone out of sheer embarrassment. And, and, you know, after I shared it with him, my son uh, in his beautiful, beautiful, eloquent self said, listen, mom, I'm, I'm so sorry you're going through this, but you, you're going to get through this. You know, you're the strongest person that I know. And besides, mom, he chose the wrong woman to mess with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, out of the mouth of a, you know, well, he's not a child. He's, he's 20, soon to be 24, but, but out of the mouth of a young man to, to literally remind me of who I am and to say he chose the wrong woman. And, and the reason I share that was because I had let that go. I had completely let go of who I was. In fact, I was a shell of that woman and who I had to become was someone new who could navigate through this and ground myself in the knowing of who I am. And so when you ask the question about what did I do to take care of myself, you know, I immediately got on my knees and started praying again, because I think I'd forgotten that that prayer changes everything. So Mm -hmm. that became important. I'm, 
I, I meditate every morning, but I stepped away from my meditation. So I went back to meditation, journaling, reading. Uh, I love essential oils, tapping. Like I got in touch with, with a couple of former coaches, baths, like everything that I could do to take care of myself was so important because I had to become a new version of myself to first off emotionally get through what I was going through. I hadn't even begun this process of filming the documentary or, or fighting the court battle. That was a whole nother, but there was no way a broken woman could have moved through that without literally gaining the internal strength that I needed in order to make those next steps. Now, ironically, because I felt this, this whoosh of air from my son when, my, when he said, Mom, he messed with the wrong woman. It was like, whoa, listen, I was born and raised in Detroit. So I was like, <laughs> I, I like, you know, I, the woo-woo was working for me with all of that. But at the same time, I had to like take my earrings off and put my feet down and like remember who I am like, and get tough about this. So like that push was just enough for me to anchor into the, the girl who was raised in the ghetto in Detroit and like totally get my stuff together. So between that and, and my spirituality and everything else that I knew to do to take care of myself, I, I formed a new version of myself. And, and I literally had to ask myself, who do I need to become now? And as a result mm -hmm. of that, I, I literally felt like this phoenix rising. And I think that is what got me into this space of doing the documentary and getting it done and pulling the right pieces together and going to court all of those times and waging this international court battle, working very closely, no doubt, with Homeland Security and the U.S. Embassy in Jamaica and, and, and pulling together a solid uh, investigation. You don't, you don't do those things when you're, you're broken. That's why you heal first. That's why it's important to do the internal work and, um, get whatever support that you need. And, and it, you know, whether it's going to a doctor or a psychotherapist or a psychologist, whatever work that needs to be done, you need to do, you owe it to yourself to heal in order to move forward. Hmm. You, <laughs> you just keep dropping <laughs> all of these wonderful gems. Hey, so remember who you are. Yes. Remember who you are. Cause that woman, that woman is powerful in her own right but then become who you need to be for whatever it is that you're facing or wanting to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, so that there, there is this transformation that has to happen for you to go from one level to the next level and to yeah. overcome different challenges in your life. Yeah, I call it an alchemy. I mean, literally I felt like this was, I was the, the alchemist in, in many ways. And you can't be that unless you face your dark night of the mole, your dark night of the soul moment. Like you, you don't get to experience that change without the, the laborious pain of whatever it is that you are, going through in order to rise on the other side. So that space of alchemy is so imperative to your growth, to your next becoming. And we, we sometimes do not want to fall in that because it is, it's like you get to the deepest part of your life, but in order to rise to the best part of your life, you have to go there. And if we only knew while we were there that there's so much more light on the other side because it just feels that heavy, 
but but what you ought to know is is who you get to become on the other side is mm-hmm. this if you choose to if you allow yourself to experience the 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 alchemy for what it's intended to be can be so nurturing for you you know and and even if all you need to say to yourself these two things that is is that this too shall pass mm-hmm. like everything else does and if you can also just get out of victimhood whenever you're there by just saying to yourself this is happening for me and not to me Yes. And if that's all that gets you through it, just keep stepping forward. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm hoping that our listeners also pulled on um, the, the idea that sometimes you need to take care of yourself at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So you may have these you know, regular things that you're doing for yourself, but in certain times of your life, based on what you're experiencing, you have to up the level of care that you're giving yourself to reflect the the level of challenge or trauma that you might be going through to help you get through it. So I think that that was an awesome lesson as well. And um, to heal first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really mm-hmm. give yourself, you know, because I'll tell you, 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 I've watched my mother and my grandmother and so many women in my life, like we just keep on going, right? We just keep mm-hmm. on keeping on. And without literally stopping and giving ourselves the permission and the time to heal. We either believe that we, um, we don't deserve it, that mm-hmm. we don't have time for it, that it's outside of the realm, that admitting that means that we're weak or we lost or we're broken, but it, none of that is true. And that in order for us to truly allow the healing to happen, we need to ask for help. We need to go to court coaches, support staff, whatever, do, reach for the tools that really are going to help rebuild us because whatever we've been using is not allowing us to build. So that means you've got to pick up a different set of tools. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is just a wonderful conversation. <laughs> I'm loving it. And I'm going to tell the listeners right now, rewind the tape (laughs) and listen to this again to make sure that you're getting everything that's being poured out to you today. Um, Now, I want to switch to wordplay. So I have two words for you that I want you to respond to. Sure. First is power. What does power mean to you? Hmm. I believe that power is, it's entrusted to us. It is, can be given to people who know what to do with it or who are in the process of understanding what to do with it. Um, You know, there are lots of people who consider themselves powerless, but one who Uh, feels as though they have power, have been entrusted to do something good with it and to use that power to support, to give, to to serve, uh, and to do so with the uh, the intent of being grateful for having it in the first place. Mm. Mm. Awesome. 
Now the second word is recovery. Hmm. It is the thing that I don't believe we give ourselves enough time to do. And whether that's recovering from something as challenging as I experienced or recovering from our own uh, self-inflicted wounds of doubt, worry, um, and fear that strip us, strip things away from us. Like recovery is as important as doing the work in whatever it is that we're doing. And, and it, I'll just use fitness as an example, because I think most people can, can understand that. You know, if you, when you start a strong fitness program or workout program, the recovery time is as important as actually lifting the weights or doing the exercise. You're building your business um, and working hard at building your business, your recovery could be celebrating the small wins or celebrating your accomplishments. So recovery is the balance to whatever the work is. And we should find more ways to, to recover so that we can grow stronger and can do uh, the work that we're here to do. Mm, yes, yes, yes. And that kind of, you know, recovery plays into um, avoiding or limiting plateaus as mm. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. So, what what is next for you? <laughs> What's the next thing that you want to accomplish? Wow. Oh goodness. So let's see. <laughs> <laughs> As I am still uh, in the process of you know having the the film and uh, various film festivals, and I'm working with various organizations internationally to go out and speak on this topic and uh, have the film there as a precursor to the conversations around revenge porn, cyberbullying, cyber harassment, and women's empowerment. So that will continue. My, my work in that space is, is, I believe, going to continue for the weeks and months to come. Ideally, I'd love for the film to be picked up on a digital platform. So whether that is a, a, you know, an Amazon or Netflix or a Hulu, that would be great. But my intention when I first did it was to make it available to uh, be screened in um, theaters as, you know, community theaters so that we can bring people in for discussion around ways to fight cyberbullying and cyber harassment and ways to empower victims. So that's one end of it. And so I'll always wear that hat in terms of working in that space personally, as well as professionally to continue to do the work that I do. You know, I, I have coaching clients around the world who also have major dreams of developing platforms and, and not all of them being social justice in nature. I mean, some of them are women in business who have powerful stories and, you know, to find more ways to make those stories visible, whether they're in media or main, mainstream media, or if they choose to do it online and in various different online platforms. So that work will continue um, and, and, and doubt that I, that will go anyplace else because it's what lights me up of being in service to women in that capacity. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think just, just as it relates to, to those, uh, those two projects alone, you know, even with my own personal work between my retreats, because I host lots of different retreats, uh, where I bring women in and we work together for storytelling and stage delivery and camera delivery. That's a lot of fun. We've got a few of those on the books. So we'll continue to do those. And in 2021, I'm looking to do a couple of international retreats. So that's a lot uh, on the plate and just, just, <laughs> just keep showing up at the level that I'm showing up so I can, you know, be of service to women who, who need this level of support. Yes, that sounds great. So I know that you have something um, for our listeners. Tell us 
what that is and how they can get it. Yeah, this is definitely for the woman who uh, is determined to not be left behind when it relates to her sharing her story and her message and her mission in the world. I have a uh, complimentary call that you can schedule with me. It's a three-step visibility call where we can take a deep look at where you are and what you need to do next to make your dreams come true. And You know, it gives me great pleasure to be able to offer this to your listeners. Uh, I know that you'll be providing the link to them, but it's as simple as going to dariath.com forward slash clarity to get your hands on that call and time with me. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, we will make sure that the link to schedule that call with you and find out more about it is provided in the show notes. Um, And again, if Ladies, if you have a message that is burning inside of you that you want to get out, um, maybe you're already delivering the message, but want to be able to deliver it in a more powerful way or expand the reach um, of your message, you want to connect with Daria and you know tap into her expertise and her experience so she can help you reach the people that you were meant to reach with your message. Now, Dareth, as we close, I do want to make sure that um, our women are able to connect with you and follow you and keep up to date with all the wonderful things that you're doing. So how can they find you online? Yeah, well, I'm on all social media at Dareth Chisholm. So Dareth Chisholm on all social media. You can also go to my website, which is DarethChisholm.com. I even have a shorter version. It's Dareth.com. So, <laughs> uh, and, and that's D-A-R-I-E-T-H. Um, also, for anyone who is interested in learning more about 50 Shades of Silence, the work that we're doing, the advocacy work, you don't know who might be struggling with this. And because we've got resources at the website and ways that people can get the support, you can learn about the documentary as well as share your story and sign our petition uh, where we are asking Congress to please create a federal bill in support of victims who've experienced this level of cyber bullying. You can simply go out to 50shadesofsilence.com and that's 50 shadesofsilence.com. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you again for joining us and sharing with us. It's been a wonderful conversation full of a lot of value. And I know our listeners are going to be happy and grateful that they tuned in to hear from you. Um, And all of you ladies who are listening, please connect with Darius, follow her, stay up to date with what's going on, support her project. Because even if you have not been a victim of of this type of cyberbullying and you don't know anyone who has, we don't know what the future holds. So we want to make sure that we get protections in place so that none of us have to deal with this in the future. Um, So I thank you all for listening and tuning in. And Darius, I thank you for your time as well. And I thank you and thank you for this platform and for your listeners and for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at SharitaWeatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.